0: Welcome to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. I help the everyday woman grow her mindset and spirituality in her daily life in order to break comparison to the Instagram perfect lifestyle. Join me as we navigate the stress and anxiety of our daily routines and reclaim our power to cultivate our most authentic life. Let's start romanticizing the mundane together. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. Happy Mindful Monday, everyone. I hope you are enjoying your day, and thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're new here, my name is Allie Brooke. I am a mindset educator on a journey and just sharing what I've learned from therapy and self-development books, along with bringing on such amazing guests to share their expertise in the mindset and wellness and spirituality space as well. So, And for my veterans thank you so much for being here and tuning in hey what's up how you doing and again thank you so much you guys for all the love and all the support and building this great community of the growth mindset gang i am so excited because we are gearing towards my or our three-year anniversary for the growth mindset gal podcast and i'm going to be on my Instagram at the Growth Mindset Gout, setting up a giveaway. I'm also going to be putting up a poll um, either in the Growth Mindset Gang broadcast channel and also on my story. And if you haven't joined the broadcast channel, that's also linked in my show notes. And I'm going to set out a poll to see what type of giveaway would you rather me do. We can do a good old Starbucks gift card like we've been doing. Or um, I was also thinking, because I'm looking at all the books on my bookshelf, um, I can also do a giveaway where I give away one of my self development books that i really loved and you know the winner i will tell them the books that i have and see which ones they want to take with them and you know if you want me to highlight any like big lessons and big takeaways for you and kind of make that self-development book something geared towards a goal that you want to achieve that's also on the table as well because I saw on Amazon, there's this really cool like hole puncher doohickey, if you will. And it like says like from the library of and I want to get it and it says from the library of the Growth Mindset Gal. And so I, you know, I really would love to start sharing the books because I love looking at the books and they're so great as, as, as a collection. But then using those books as a useful tool for, you know, you guys as well is something that I'm kind of thinking of doing. So, you know, let me know if that resonates with you guys. Again, I'll be putting a poll on Instagram. So look out for that on my story or the broadcast channel. So again, you guys are great. Love you guys so much. And I'm just so grateful for this great community and just full of abundance and opportunity. And we just keep growing and learning, which is so exciting to see your guys' progress and doing all the hard work. So again, I'm always so proud of y'all. And it's been really exciting because recently talking about like abundance, and that's been my word for the new year's abundance. And we have a lot of guests lined up and I'm so excited to bring on these amazing women with their amazing expertise, you know, shifting into anything with mindset spirituality and wellness just all combining into one great conversation and it's just been so fun to just have these wonderful genuine conversations with these women and so I'm so excited to keep it going and keep bringing you guys more wonderful guests to share you know their insights and it's been helping me I hope it's been helping you guys as well so I'm very excited for those that wonderful opportunity of abundance with more um, people coming on the podcast so speaking of opportunities um before we jump into today's episode i want to share a great opportunity with you guys so if you remember um january donovan she was on the podcast i believe it was episode 80 she is like that episode is like the third top episode that you're like third or fourth episode that you guys have absolutely loved and shared so i'm having for an opportunity is january donovan she talks about you know really becoming the woman you want and cultivating the life that you want as a woman and really growing and reaching our true potential she has a fantastic opportunity for you guys if you are interested i'm going to be linking it in the show notes for you guys so wednesday january 31st at 1 p.m she is hosting a free preview of her webinar. So, it's going to be an opportunity for you to go on. It's going to be a, a Zoom call and she's going to give you a free preview of what her webinar is going to be all about about designing your life for your purpose and really reaching your true potential. And did I mention it's free? So, if you're interested in that, I think it will be a great way for you guys to see, you know, what the course is going to offer. And again, you just have a chance to learn a little bit more from January. She creates wonderful content with her wholeness and women's school and I think it's would be something that you guys Would really resonate, so I'm gonna link that in the show notes again. It's gonna be Wednesday, January 31st, at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You just have to sign up for it; they'll send you the Zoom link, and it's just gonna be her having a little short webinar explaining what her course is gonna be all about. So you know, you can get some great takeaways, and maybe you'll be interested in the course of designing your life purpose, and that's gonna resonate with you guys. So definitely check that out. That's that was so great of an opportunity, and and we love January, so I'm here for it. She has such a wealth of knowledge, so before we get into today's episode, let me introduce you guys to our wonderful guest today, Miss Casey Stevens. And today we talk about spiritual psychology. And this is kind of a new realm of information for me as well. So it was really cool to just learn more about it and another way to just like help us with our mindset and spirituality. So let me introduce you to our guest today, Miss Casey Stevens. So Casey has over a decade of clinical practice working with thousands of clients worldwide. She is a licensed psychotherapist, a mastered certified consciousness coach, and a certified clinical hypnotherapist. Beyond that, her intuition and healing abilities allow her to feel clients' unique energy patterns, adapting tools and techniques to support optimal organization for the precise needs of each soul. Casey uses a unique combination of behavioral sciences, psychoeducation, quantum physics, clinical psychotherapy, intuitive energy practices, ancient medicine and techniques, and mystical studies to not only help to guide our clients to true somatic and body healing. So again, I am so excited to share this episode with you guys. We talk about spiritual psychotherapy. I mean, it's just such a great conversation. So let's dive into today's episode. Hey, Growth Mindset Gang. Have you ever been super overwhelmed, anxious, or stressed in your life due to maybe your job, your relationships, your friendships, your family, and you have all this inner turmoil and it can seem like there is no way out? I felt that way. I remember when I was on the train to work one day and I had this super influx of anxiety and I didn't even know where it was coming from. And I would talk to my friends and family and significant others about it, but I needed something more. I needed to talk to a professional. And so I started going to therapy because I realized I shouldn't live like this and neither should you. So today's sponsor is brought to you by BetterHelp, which is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise and BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you the access to the help that may not be available in your area. You just need to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. That is two days, you guys then you schedule a secure video and phone sessions plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential i actually used better help when i started my therapy journey it was one of the first options i looked at because i felt like i was so busy all the time when would i have time to go to find a therapist and then go to therapy and i remember i took a very simple questionnaire and they matched me with a therapist. She was super helpful and useful. And I was able to text her whenever I was feeling anxious. And I was like, this is amazing. Right. And I know therapy can be a little intimidating at first and it kind of feels like dating and you kind of go through the different aspects and motions of it. But with BetterHelp, if you're not feeling the therapist that they gave you, they will. Switch it up and find someone better for you. So it takes the stress from you with finding a therapist that works. And you can request a new therapist at no additional charge at any time. So join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And let me tell you, from my own experience with therapy, it is so amazing to talk to a professional about your anxiety and have them kind of go through specific scenarios and conversations with you so you don't feel alone and they give you helpful tools in order to take on and combat your overwhelm, your anxiety, and your stress because you guys know we shouldn't be living like this and we shouldn't be living stuck in our own heads and we should enjoy life and talking to a professional can definitely help with us to switch our perspective and grow our mindset. You can get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash TheGrowthMindsetGal. That's BetterHelp.com slash TheGrowthMindsetGal. That link is going to be in my show notes. And if you're interested in therapy, this would be a beautiful, wonderful first step to see if this can work for you. And I hope you guys enjoy the services that it provides. And I hope that it helps you in your mindset journey. Hey, Growth Mindset Gang, have you been struggling with finding the right health and wellness products to help you with your fitness goals? Because I've been struggling with it lately. I have been looking for ways that I can grow muscle. I've been looking for ways to endure longer workouts, especially after a long day of work. And my true goal for my fitness journey is to just become a stronger and be able to survive (laughs) the end of the day workout and i have found a fantastic health and wellness nutrition brand first form First Form has such amazing products that really can help us on an individual level with our health and fitness goals. Some of my favorites that I've been trying out is the Level 1 Protein Caramel Latte. Let me tell you guys, it tastes amazing. And Level 1 Protein has helped me stay fuller longer. I've been putting it in my coffee in the morning because some days I wake up but I'm just not hungry right away. And unfortunately, I have coffee and we all know having coffee on an empty stomach ain't it. So. I started putting protein in my coffee to help fill me up so that way I don't get that anxiety crash midday if I'm just having coffee at first and also I've been putting in my coffee the amazing salted caramel collagen powder oh my god you guys it tastes first of all also tastes amazing and I can even tell the difference between my hair skin and nails my skin has definitely looked clear. My hair, I've been seeing it in some mirrors and I'm like, wow, she's shiny. And also my nails haven't been breaking, you know, as frequently as they do between the two weeks that I get them done. It's been helping me so much. I'm also been using the pre-workout pink lemonade, and this has been really helping me get through those after work workouts. I work from 4 to 5 p.m. And let me tell you, before this pre-workout, I would be struggling after a strength session and walking on the treadmill. I would be screaming. But now after I'm done with my strength workout, I am still pumped to get on that treadmill and last the entire hour of my workout. And also it tastes really good. And I've never used pre-workout before. So I was a little nervous. if It's going to make me anxious and things like that. But this pre-workout has helped me so much with good long lasting energy in a workout that doesn't carry on beyond the gym it's not like i can't fall asleep at night so these products have been very inviting and very easy to use where I've always been a little bit timid of going into protein powders and pre-workout because usually when I see them they're kind of intimidating to look at but First Form is such a wonderful brand they also have vegan options as well for protein powders, collagen, pre-workout, so on and so forth and last but not least I'm also in love with their protein bars, the chocolate chip cookie dough, fan favorite of the house, Nate and I love those protein bars, we put in our bags in the morning and that's our little snack right before we work out. So that way, because you know that after work workout, we are starving. So having that protein bar right before the workout helps me sustain my energy and help with my muscle growth because those are the goals. So If you are interested in exploring these products to improve your fitness journey, the links are in my show notes. And also feel free to DM me on Instagram at the growth mindset gal for any questions that you may have on different types of products. Absolutely love, highly recommend. My growth mindset gang I am so excited because today we have a wonderful guest with us today miss Casey Stevens and so Casey do you want to introduce yourself to the growth mindset gang who are you where are you from what y- you do and all those great things yeah I'd love to
1: thanks for having me Allie it's a pleasure to be here with you Um, my name is Casey and I live in Seattle and I have a spiritual psychology practice. So I'm clinically trained, mystically guided is what I typically say. Um, I work with, uh, psychology and all of the realms of healing and, um, uh, wellness, I guess, uh, psychology, mental health in, um, a holistic way. So Mm -hmm. that is what I do. And yeah, I think I said I am in Seattle, but I work with people all over the world. So
0: yeah, that's amazing. And so you talked about spiritual psychology. So I kind of want to dive into that even Mm -hmm. more. So can you tell us a little bit about it? Like, what does that mean? And how does that help us in our everyday lives and things like that?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Well uh to me I can tell you what it means is it really is the relationship with everything I think it's the relationship we have with a higher power it's the relationship we have in our lives with ourselves um first and foremost It's uh, the relationship with the past, the present, the future, the earth, just all of the things. So to me, it's really when we examine something through a spiritual psychology lens, it's it's extracting that meaning that exists in everything. And which is not to say um, everything happens for a reason, but it is sometimes it does. And um, it is really my belief is that there is an opportunity in everything that we're always being presented with an opportunity, especially if there's a challenge in our life.
0: Mm -hmm. And so,
1: um, the way that I look at that in my spiritual psychology practice, um, and what I would imagine other uh, people who work in this way do is they're, they're looking for the opportunity of growth. And how is it that you really extract that, um, on a holistic level on a a more comprehensive level. So it's really integrative, um, psychology, right. Where you're integrating all the layers of the being, um, Mm -hmm. and that, uh, spiritual self,
0: yeah, I love that. So when you talk about like that, it involves everything because I think this is so interesting and it's like we're just getting on the surface of it. And yeah. so when you talk about it's connected to everything, I my brain goes to, you know, we have the mind, we have our emotions, and then we have our physical body, and then we have our spiritual body. Is that kind of the realms that everything that it touches? For sure.
1: Touch, I mean, those, and I mean, sort of, if you're looking within, mm-hmm. um, I would imagine, but again, it's, it's that then that we, that relationship that we on all of the layers of our own unique, personal, mm-hmm. individuated being then connects to everything else in the world. And I so that. I think that that to me, everything is a spiritual experience. Right. And there is meaning to be found. Um, and so it has a lot to do with consciousness too. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and the capital C consciousness, um, as I often refer to it, right. Which is, is like really bringing that into the forefront of our knowingness and our beingness, right. That connect to the knowing being within.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important that capital C consciousness, because, I think for a lot of society for many, many years that us as humans, we just think of the self and like we think that we're connected just to the people that we interact with and like our inner circle and our families and things like that. But going to like the collective consciousness, which I'm assuming you're referring to with the big C consciousness, is that we are literally all connected in one way. And so that's why, you know, I always, I was actually talking about this with my students the other day where we're kind of talking about like empathy and compassion. Mm -hmm. And I was saying how, you know, what's our, when we see someone who's upset, what's our like instinct, like human instinct, like what do you want to do? And a lot of them said, you know, I want to help. I feel bad for them. I want to try and do something to make feel better. And all those things, which were great responses. And I was like, yes, exactly. Like, so when we're kind of all connected, we naturally feel that way. And especially as kids too, like before we get kind of blinded by, you know, the constructs of society and things like that, kids naturally know like, oh yeah, I'm obviously going to help that person if they are upset. And so having that connection and everyone being as one consciousness once you kind of have that, you know, awakening, you start to realize like, oh, this is why things across the world, when I see it, you know, on the news or on social media, people feel like heavily affected by that because naturally our human instinct is to help one another and help each other succeed, you know, as a collective in that way, when all humans or majority of humans are feeling great and helping each other, that also then connects to the planet and raising its vibrations and feeling a whole lot better. I often see like my own observations with that is I notice that like, if human, the collective consciousness is struggling, the planet's like a reflection of that. So do you want to kind of add on to that or your own observations about things like that.
1: Yeah. And I would even, you know, um, you know, one piece about that, like with, you know, whether it's an individual or the collective, what I notice is really kind of the first even step of that capital C consciousness um, before you kind of expand it out is just really noticing if something is happening, you know, to your point, if somebody is in pain or hurting, or there's a situation across the world or across the town or whatever that is, That like for me, the beginning, like the initiation of that is really just becoming self-aware, being, having this ability to self-witness what's even happening inside of you, what starts to come up. So before even the lurching, which is beautiful, if your audience is, you know, a community of helpers, I don't doubt that they would be. um, But before lurching into doing anything, I would really want like a real awareness around what what is like sourcing through me as I'm um, in relationship with anything, and so to me, a lot of what. Um, I'm referring to in that capital T consciousness really is that relationship with self that we do have in a super conscious way. So that, and then that translates out into everywhere in the world. And then what do we consciously create in our lives or what do we want to support people to create in their lives? um, Mm -hmm. Because we're operating from that space of, of, you know, heightened awareness of
0: self. So. And I think that's um, really important to realize being self-aware because mm-hmm. i think a lot of the times that when we're talking about self awareness you start to learn on your own journey when you're intentionally trying to become more self aware that a lot of people are not mm-hmm. <laughs> self aware right. and I think sometimes people confuse like being self aware versus self conscious Right, Because they're kind of like a mirror image of each other a little bit in tandem sometimes. So if people are thinking like, yep, I really want to help with the collective consciousness and kind of go into myself and become more self-aware, what would be some of like the kind of first stepping stones if we're kind of like on a base level right now and we're trying to dive into it?
1: Yeah, base level, I would just say really slow down and pay attention to what's happening inside of you, Mm -hmm. right? Get to recognize what is true for you. What are your feelings? Where are they coming from? You know, once you kind of are noticing, okay, well, here's what's physiologically happening, or here's what's happening in my senses, or here's what's happening in any, here's the thought that pops in when I'm observing and connecting um, consciously with anything, right? I mean, I can you know, connect to the plant across, you know, the table from me. Right. And I can start, something will emerge from that. Right. And I think that relationship with everything is true. And so just practicing, noticing, how do you feel? It took me a long time. And, you know, this kind of overcorrection of this can happen where we can be um, so self-aware that we can almost be hypervigilant. Yeah. Uh, finding that balance, right, where we can just observe what we are with. And I think we can't really raise the vibration, you know, of the world or anybody else's situation if we can't be masterful in that with inside ourselves. And so it's not that we're not always challenged um, in our nervous systems or coming out of balance in whatever that awareness is, that homeostasis right inside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But it's the returning to that and knowing what you know, again, our baseline is and what feels really regulated in our own nervous system. Um, and then just being able to, to, you know, be aware in any given situation, this is how we get to know ourselves really well, what we like, who we, who we truly are, um, when we're operating from a, um, you know, uh, child, uh, compensated child, uh, position versus when we're operating from our true self. Mm-hmm. And so this is how we get to know what we think our identity, our personality is by slowing down and really self-witnessing just what am I feeling first? And then where does that come from? And is that truly me or, you know, so this process is just like, can be a slowing down. I would just say that it would be presence, um, to your point, uh, if you're in meditation or something you, which you referenced, um, just becoming more present with yourself and what's happening Happening, and then noticing, well, is that expansive or is it contracting me in some way? Um, and I always want to lean into what's expansive, and I think that's how we grow, and I think that's how we have an impact in the world um, in you know so many big and small ways. So that's how I would do it. How do you practice? How do you recommend to people to do it?
0: Well, uh, when I started kind of digging deep and becoming more self-aware, in my own journey journaling was a big one for me because yes. I was heavily into you know. I was very separated from my body and I was heavily in the mind because I had a lot of anxious thoughts and things like that. And it really overtook, you know, my mentality, my emotions. And mm-hmm. so what worked for me is to journal and sit with myself because I wasn't sitting still, like I was sitting and not writing. So I was like doing something so it could keep me focused and in the zone of where I want to be and stay present in the moment. And yeah. I love journaling. It was like one of my first steps of diving into being self-aware because mm-hmm. it was nice to have like a little conversation with myself. And yeah. at first it wasn't even really, Really that deep like it was just like hey a reflection of the week you know it's a Saturday morning sit down and just be like hey what went really well this week how did I feel about certain things that happened what were some wins like things like that and slowly but surely and if I, I sometimes I look back in my past journal entries just to kind of see how far the mindset journey has gone and yeah. I start to realize like, like I so it's funny I started slowly opening up to just myself Yes. Yes. The deeper and deeper the journal entries became and really realizing, Hmm. Oh, maybe my anxiety and people pleasing came from something in my childhood. And I was able to open up that conversation with myself as I was writing it down. And it was really beautiful and helpful because once you take that deep dive and understand like where your subconscious patterns come from, when you become more self-aware, it frees you from them because before you're just doing subconscious patterns and you're not really understanding where they're coming from. So you're in this constant loop of just doing the same old patterns, being in the same old consciousness or mindset for a really long time. And then once you, like you said, take a step back and slow down and be with yourself, then you can start to unravel things and your patterns, behaviors, emotions, they start to make sense. And then once you can pinpoint and they start to make sense of their origin, then we can do the real work and really deconstruct them and create, you know, more productive patterns and mindset and feelings. And I always saw it as as a way of a lot of our society is heavily in the mind right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about like, you know, being self-aware and mindset, we're heavily in our brains, like right up here where that's all well and good, but to do the real work, we got to go like within and embody ourselves and get connected back to our body. I think we live in a very heavily masculine, you know, energy environment and society of the go, go, go and the mental and the structure and fast, keep it hustling, keep it going where to really do a lot of the healing, at least in my own journey and experience has been reconnecting back with the feminine energy and the slowing down and the creative and being with my body and reconnecting with her and how does she feel when certain situations happen and moments you know, and people and things like that. And once you start to kind of do that slowing down process and give yourself a lot of grace in that moment, that's when the real work really begins. Mm
1: Yeah, agreed. I love um those tangible and I would say I think it's a great gateway too. I um sounds like you had a similar experience to me when I started on my, you know, inward journey, I was just doing a lot of journaling and there is this emergent truth that Mm -hmm. steps forward where we can be more and more vulnerable and we can tap in and access more of those things. It's, and I'll tell people, you know, like whatever way that it works for you, sometimes grabbing your phone and just like walking and recording yourself and it can just go into the ethers. Nobody ever needs to listen to it, but it's just this practice of, to your point, um, being in conversation. And sometimes, right. If we're just trying to access that without something that's tangible, um, Mm -hmm. that we can kind of have that reflected back to us, it can be harder to do. So I love those as some tools and examples. I'm glad that worked for you. I, I, there was definitely a time that I was into journaling and like just dumping it all out and letting it flow and getting outside of, out of um, our heads. Right. I, I did that as well
0: it's a really good stepping stone in the beginning. And I always tell people too, you don't have to journal for the rest of your life. Like some people, they keep it going and they could do it for years and whatever works best for you. But it really helped me in the beginning to get out. And now that I'm, you know, I've been like three years into this at this point, when I started doing those certain steps, I don't have to do that anymore. Sometimes I might do it. I might feel like the urge, like the intuition to sit down and be like, hey, you know, I want to journal, like, you know, see what happens and see what unfolds. But Mm -hmm. once you start, journaling and you're able to do the inner dialogue externally you get really good at it doing it internally so then you don't necessarily always have to write it out all the time if you don't want to and what I developed because of all the journaling that I did was a very strong inner dialogue so when things happen I'm able to have the conversation with myself and process things and get through it And I don't necessarily have to break out the journal write it down and process it that way
1: Agreed. I'm the same. And people will ask me that about meditation too. And I think it's really beautiful when you are initiating again, your, your process, right? Of awakening. It um, is great to be consistent with those things and really kind of hold yourself accountable because it is like exercising a muscle, right? I mean, you really just need to practice and, and be intentional and be um, disciplined in some of those ways with that, but I am really similar and I'll say the same thing. I mean, it's been a long time since I've journaled. Um, I would, I mean, you know, here and there I'll grab something and just think, I need to jot this down, but, um, it's, it's not something I really need that often anymore. And similar with meditation, right? For me, I, I definitely meditate more than I journal anymore, but I just kind of like, I notice, you know, I need a meditation. I just need like, that's what I need most. And then I'll go and do it, but it's not this you know, rigorous um, routine that I need uh, because I just know, you know, when I'm feeling like I need more of that. So anyway, I think that um, is, is, you know, can be a relief for some people, right? It doesn't have to be this daunting forever way, but if it resonates with you and that's the way that you like to do it, then fabulous. Go for it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that's why a lot of people kind of step away from like doing like self-awareness practices, because I think in the realm of like mindset and consciousness, when we see it on social media, like I I see on TikToks and Instagrams all the time of like, you know, the 5 a.m. club and the, you know, the morning routine. And I, everything's always, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to journal. I'm going to drink my lemon water. Like, it's like this whole process which that resonates with you, like power to you. I love it. But when I was looking at that, it became really overwhelming. And I was like, "Mm," like, that's a lot of effort to like bamboozle me in the morning. Like I need to like be very slow with it. And so I think again, because it's very like masculine of like, Hey, this is a structure. This is the morning routine for your mindset and wellness journey. it's like you said, you said the word rigorous Mm -hmm. where maybe in the beginning, that's what you need to kind of get you into the zone. And, you know, Once it becomes a habit, though, then it becomes like very, you know, peace and ease of just like, I know what I need to do. You know, maybe one day I'll step into a meditation and sit there for five to 10 minutes if I need it. Maybe another day I'll sit down and journal. Maybe I'll go for a walk and listen to like some lo-fi or a podcast. Like once you get through the routines and you have all these routines in your toolbox, you're able to kind of discern and decipher which ones are gonna work best for you in which day and kind of sit with yourself and say, hmm, what's gonna make me feel really good today? That's a lot of the times what I ask myself when it comes to any self-awareness routines and things like that. I'm like, hmm, what's gonna work really well for me today? So if I'm like feeling like really like energetic, you know, I'll do the thing, I'll do the meditation and I'll do the journaling. But if it's more of like a slower day, like I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna wake up, maybe break out a book breathe for a little bit maybe move my body in like a very intentional way it doesn't have to be this like big workout I could do some yoga and like or go for a walk and you kind of see what works best for you it's all about experimentation when it comes to those things you don't necessarily always have to do meditation journaling yoga like those are like the high ticket items nowadays and they're great but you don't necessarily have to do all those all the time to still become very self-aware and grow in your mindset and your spirituality mm. Totally agreed. And
1: even if you can't answer the question, because sometimes that can be a l- overwhelming, like, what do I need today? It can be, what do I need right now? And mm-hmm. I think the key is just learn, to, learn how to listen, learn how to tune in, then listen to what you're getting. And then, you know, the most important step is doing what it would be the self-honoring thing, which is, is honoring what it is that you hear mm-hmm. and taking the conscious right action around that. That's what I would always advise. So beautiful.
0: Yeah. And so I kind of stated this a little bit before, but talking about a lot of these subconscious or unconscious unproductive patterns that we normally do. And we don't even think about what that we're even doing them. But then when we're trying to become more self-aware and better ourselves and grow in any way, shape or form, we do become very aware of them. We're like, okay, I have these things, these patterns and I want to change them, but I don't have an, I have no idea where to even start to even deconstruct them. So what would be some advice you would give to people that want to start creating productive habits and getting rid of the unproductive habits? That they have?
1: Well, again, I mean, I always think all healing, all transformation is initiated with awareness. And so notice, right? I mean, when you get to be our age, or I'm probably a bit older than you, I would imagine, but. it's like you notice if there's something unproductive because it's creating a conflict or it's creating a disruption in your life in some way. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we want to go and identify okay, well, here's the growing edge, right? Here is the thing that needs work because it's causing, okay, maybe it's causing conflict with my partner, or maybe it's causing um me to, you know, be literally unproductive. You know, I'm not getting as much done as I want to, or just it's first identifying what feels unproductive because sometimes those can be, um, confusing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes like an unproductive pattern ends up where it is because at a certain point it was productive for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so again, I I'd often talk about this, um, uh, what was adaptive at a certain time, like as an adaptive child or some mm-hmm. other point in our life when we needed to adapt to that, uh, typically becomes maladaptive because it's usually not the the true fix. It's not the conscious fix. If we weren't consciously fixing it at the time, mm-hmm. um, capital C consciously, like with full awareness, fixing it at the time, we might've just been kind of putting a bandaid on it. And so it might've done the trick, but it really wasn't going to give us sustainable change. And it wasn't going to lead us to who we wanted to be and our most optimal self. And so I always want to be, I don't know about you. I always want to be my most optimal self. So Mm -hmm. identifying what those um, just problematic areas of life are, where are you still longing? It could even be an internal struggle that you're having, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Some of these invisible things that we can't quite put our finger on, but it could be something that's lacking in your life that you're feeling a lack around, um, or you're feeling a longing for that's unsatisfied or un and kind of quelched in your life. Um, Or they could be, you know, outward. So there's, there's sort of inward patterns and there's outward patterns. It's identifying what those are right. That are are problematic. And then really getting clear, what is the origin of this? I always think getting, you know, this is how we make our subconscious, you know, conscious. Mm -hmm. And so where, um, might this have come from? And I think it's valuable, right. To trace it back and just understand like, what was the origin point? We don't want to get too stuck there processing or blaming. It's not about any of that, but it's just like, "Hmm, okay. Yeah. So that actually was a necessary, um, unconscious compensatory strategy that I made at that time. And I makes a lot of sense why I did it, but it's not really serving me anymore. It's still operating. I'm still, you know, running this program as if it needs to operate, but it's not operating Mm -hmm. um, in the way that I thought that it was any longer. And so oftentimes, again, we will think that these things are parts of our personality or we will That we over identify with some of these ways of being, but it's really deconstructing all of that and coming to understand, hmm, well, you know, maybe I'm not really this, um, you know, you fill in the blank of the thing that you, you know, a personality trait or, um, you know characteristic that you think you have. Maybe it's not really that maybe that's really the comp- The People pleasing is a great one. I think you referenced people pleasing. Yeah. <laughs> um, people pleasing is a great one. It's like, you know, yeah. And maybe there is some secondary gain or reward that you've gotten from that. And people might perceive you that way, right? And you perceive yourself that way. And you might not call it people pleasing, but you might you know, be nice. Right. And so, um, or super accommodating or super. So, you know, it's just really identifying what are these unproductive patterns. And you'll notice because something starts to feel disrupted in your life. There is a disturbance that's happening, whether it's inside of you or in exchange with others. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when you can identify what those are, where they came from, where they might've started initiated in your life, and then you can really sit there and then consciously reflect on, well, what would be better? What was it that I was really needing or trying to accomplish at that time that I wasn't successful at because I wasn't as conscious as I am now? I didn't have the you know, wherewithal to kind of have all of this insight into myself. And so if I think about that, now I can go back and I can retrace all of those steps and I can do a healing right around what it is that I truly needed. So um, that's what a lot of these kind of identifying unproductive patterns and making the subconscious conscious um, which I think we just want to be shifting all of that kind of shadow material into the light as Mm -hmm. much as we possibly can Um, and then really identifying and sitting and reflecting, and that might be very different answer, you know, like, let's say you were a people pleaser and I was a people pleaser in our past. Well, what the antidote for you might be different than it is for me. So it's really going again, inward and, and recognizing, well, what did I need in that moment that I was trying to initiate, right that maybe again, I didn't do as powerfully as I could have done it. And so what is a more powerful way that I could have done it? And then we can go back and actually heal those moments in our, you know, um, timeline of history. Uh, but then we can carry them forward. And now we're operating with the conscious awareness. So then I think anytime we're in a situation, again, that we would impulsively um, reflexively jump into those strategies, let's use people placing as an example, or as an example, it's like, well, someone asked me for something and I'm really feeling burnt out or I don't have the bandwidth for it, or I just know it's a no for me or whatever that is, I would pause. So now I have the conscious awareness because I've done this inner work. I believe that change happens when we pause in that before the impulse to, or during the impulse to do what we have automatically done for years and years and years. And we've come to identify with, pause there long enough that you can say, okay, I remember I've done this before. I've gone through it slowly. It might still feel a little awkward. Um, but, What is it that I would like to do instead here? And if we can pause in that impetus to, you know, before we react, before we do the thing, before we jump straight into our old strategy again, now we're no longer dragging the past into the present and therefore into the future, we are consciously, actively changing in the present moment. And we get to choose something different and we can be transformed and it we don't transform. Usually the first time we do it, it usually takes practice of doing that really well, slowing down, being aware, adding in this, this pause enough so that we can self-reflect and insert what it is that we want to do. And now we're changing our present and we're also changing our future new opportunities are available. And we recognize, oh, this is possible to do. This is the life that I can have. Oh, wow, wow. That felt amazing. I did that differently and, um, I can do that. And then we're empowered, right? Because we t- can trust and have faith in ourselves that we can do that again. And so that's sort of a kind of oversimplified, um, example of how that would, uh, look, but really, I think that's how we change those unproductive patterns. Um, I believe it always starts with conscious awareness. I believe it is slowing down in the moment um before we have the impulse to react mm-hmm. witnessing ourselves like slowing down almost in slow motion witnessing ourselves doing that and then again taking the conscious right action so what would i do if i were living in alignment with my highest self rather than um just making do mm-hmm. Does that make
0: sense? yeah i love i was just sitting here just like wow i love everything that you are saying cuz it's it's so true i love to just dive into what you said earlier was Mm -hmm. that when you're looking back into your unconscious patterns like the root like where do they come from and you Mm -hmm. use like you know people pleasing and and that Mm -hmm. was your example was it's very important I love that you said like it's it's not about blaming anyone or anything of why you have that pattern because that's a big thing that we do is if we go and like into the past and kind of see where do my behaviors and patterns come from now. And as an adult, let's check my inner child. And we do a little bit of the digging around. And all of a sudden we, we find the root of where it came from, but then we do the whole blame game and like playing the victim of like, Oh, you know, Like for me, it was like, oh, I'm people pleaser because, you know, I, my sister was the one that needed most of the attention. So I had to be the one that was always good and always doing the right thing. And so that means my sister was bad and my parents didn't care. None of of that was true, but that was like the first like initial instinct when you're going through the work. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, well, me blaming my sister, me blaming my parents, is that going to help me in my growth at all? No, it's not. So yes. I can observe where it came from, but now what am I going to do with that information? Am I going to play the victim mode or am I going to make a choice? Right. And you t- you were talking about that towards the end where you always do have this choice. And that was the biggest thing I realized. And I tell people all the time where it's like, The way you look at reality, how you perceive your life and where you came from, where you're going, like you have all the choice in the world. And a lot of us forget that we have that. We let the subconscious patterns from our past dictate how we're going to keep going in the future because that's what's quote unquote easy, right? It's really hard to, you know, dig deep and see where things came from. It could be really upsetting and triggering, but that's the point. Yeah. The point is to get through it so then you can move past it and learn and grow from it and then become a better person. That's what the healing is. Because I think a lot of people stop at like observing and seeing where it came from, and then they get stuck in the anger and resentment of like, oh, well, I'm this way because of what happened, where yeah. then you're just stuck there and you're just mad. So, it's actually- yeah. You know, yeah, and a victim consciousness, you know, is,
1: is um, not anything I want to inhabit or even frankly, mm-hmm. like be around, it doesn't serve us in any way. And when we do that, we really just kind of end up re-victimizing everybody around us when we yeah. get too stuck in that. So really, and there's nothing wrong, you know, I, I mean, I would say going back and identifying there might need some, there might need to be some processing that we yeah. need to do. Mm-hmm. To really grieve or whatever is needed, like what do you need to really process that that wasn't processed at the time because there probably wasn't the container to do so, how do you need to process it and then swiftly move out of that consciousness out of whatever emotion that we have associated the shame the blame the, you know whatever, sadness, the anger, the frustration, like swiftly move. And how do we turn that? How do we transform that into something productive? And so th- th- those are the types of people that I want to work with is, is people who are truly invested in shifting out of that victim conscious to identifying where it lives, where it still exists. Cause we can all still have it emerge mm-hmm. in situations and really committing to ourselves and, you know, to the world that, I mean, what a different world this would be if we all were eliminating the victim consciousness. And it's so far from that, um, unfortunately. But if we just take responsibility for our own victim consciousness, heal yeah. whatever we need to heal, transform it, and then decide to move forward in the most optimal, productive way that we can, then i I think this would be a different planet,
0: yeah. I owe it's the biggest realization I ever had was like, I am what's limiting myself. It's me. Like it's my ego, it's whatever, you know, it's me that's stopping me from becoming a better me because Mm. life can throw a lot of difficult seasons and great seasons at you. It's all about how you handle it. That's the part of the whole human experience. If you think you're not going to have tough seasons in this life, then, or you you think you're going to be sweet sailing after you do this healing, like that's not what life is. You're supposed to experience all these different emotions because that is the human experience and you grow from that adversity because if you're just sweet sailing you don't learn any lessons and so when life throws you a curveball or a really hard season it's going to be awful right and you have to sit with it and resonate with it and you know when you're in that season it's really hard to be like oh well I'll get through this and be resilient and look past it and we always see everything in hindsight when it's those tough seasons but what I started to realize was when I'm in that dark season, I can be really upset about it and be frustrated in that moment. But in the back of my mind, I'm always like, it's, you know what? It's awful right now. And, you know, I could be grieving. I could be feeling horrible about something or a tough life situation has happened. But at the end of the day, I have the choice to be resilient and work past it and go through whatever time frame that's gonna be. Cause we don't want, you know, people to skip over the emotions and the and the negative, you know, negativity that might be within that season. We don't want you just to gloss over it. You need to go through it and process it. But then once that season kind of then goes on and time moves on. You also have to go with that and staying in one spot and staying in one mindset or one, you know, energy that's going to keep you in that same spot and keep you stuck. I talk to a lot of people and they feel very complacent. They feel very stuck in their life and don't really know where to go next and things like that. Cause we're kind of at that age, like the late twenties, early thirties, where a lot of us are kind of doing that spiritual awakening where I, you know, I did all the right things, (laughs) But like, I'm still feeling unfulfilled in this life and how society is working. So how can I get past this weird period and cultivate a better life for myself? So I've talked to a lot of my friends actually recently that have been going through like, you know, spiritual awakenings or self-awareness and that's all great. But A lot of us talk about how, you know, you might have this little cluster of friends and family that are like spiritually awakening and becoming self-aware, which is all well and good, but then there's other people in our lives and even significant others, right, that aren't there with us. So Mm -hmm. what advice would you have for those people that they're going through this journey and they're seeing, because you see things in a whole different way, but if like part of your family isn't doing it, some of your friends aren't, your significant other isn't on board, how do you cope with that? Mm. Well,
1: I mean, it's hard. I personally, in my own journey, uh, not that I'm in my late 20s or early 30s anymore, but but I I certainly my process was initiated um, during that time, and there was a lot of that that was happening for me. It was a very solitary journey for me for a long time, and um, and I wanted it that way, right? But when there are people who are around you, um, you know, the best that can happen, I think, is that people can love us and support us. Um, and vice versa, right. We can just, I, I I think, you know, that's what I needed at the time. I didn't need people to be the same as me because I was on my own journey. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did really value and appreciate that. I had many people who just really supported the journey that I was on, even if they didn't understand it. And it wasn't even really my time to explain it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, for me personally, I think it can be hard because I see people and for me, you know, um, in my own life, right. That was, uh, you know, the ending of a marriage and, you know, a significant relation and f- friendships and relationships. And some people that just did not travel with me through right. this uh, journey, right. Mm-hmm. Like they, like there was just so much, um, divergence that happened that it just was not possible. And, you know, being kind of forced into that, I think our soul kind of drives that and we're not necessarily fully in charge of that anyway, but I think surrendering to the process, and that's certainly what I eventually did, right, was surrender to the process. And, What I am really grateful for, I'm, of course, uh, sad about all of the loss and, you know, um, just ways in which not everybody could make it on that journey could continue on. Because of course we love our people and they're in our life and we always think, oh, they'll be in our lives. But, you know, really the best thing for me at that time, and I had a wonderful network of family and friends who did just support me through it. And they'd ask and they'd encourage and they do all these things, but they weren't in the same place that I was either. Mm -hmm. And so there can be, again, I go back to this um, idea of just feeling really solitary or feeling like you're in isolation. For me, I know the most valuable thing for me at that time was having a container of, other, um, healers who had walked that path before me. So that's really who I was spending my most time, like being intimate and connecting with and growing with, because I felt understood. And I felt like, okay, well they've traversed this path before me. So they know, so that was really rewarding for me, but you know, there are lost loved ones, lost friends, lost, you know, as I said, marriages and part. I mean, like all of that is really possible. And so, Um, It's really accepting. And for me, I can't tell anybody else what to do, but I really had to accept that I had to honor my path more than I had to cling on to any relationships. Um, And again, I was fortunate that um, some significant relationships didn't, you know, make that journey with me. Um, And I mourned that and I grieved it uh, and I couldn't change it either because ultimately I had to honor and be true to myself. Um, And so, you know, I hope that's not the case for anyone else. Right. But uh, unfortunately I know it will be. So (laughs) this is just really what happened. So I hope I'm answering your question a little bit, but in maybe, you know, speaking about that a little bit in a personal way. Um, And so I just was really grateful. And what I found because I've been on this journey, you know, for, A while now, is that now I can incorporate, number one, I can incorporate back those people who are always supportive and they're curious, and maybe they're not exactly, again, the same, or they don't operate from the same um, awareness, right. That I do, but I love, I mean, I'll have, I had my dad send me a beautiful text the other day and just said, wow, I listened to this thing that you did. And I just loved hearing that. And I have, I'm reflecting on myself and, you know, I'd really love to sit down and talk about this with you sometime. And, you know, my parents are so fabulous. They'll often do that. And of course they've been with me and been part of that supportive journey and friends have. And, but it just like, it really touched me actually that he wrote that, Um, because number one, he was saying, Hey, it's really causing me to reflect on myself in a new way. And I've been on this journey for a long time, but there was something that now he was open to and that he wanted to talk. And it's like, yeah, of course I would love to do that. So, um, so I think for me, what it has been then is folding people back in when they're, when I'm ready, when they're ready, um, without this, uh, urgency or pressure from me. Like, I don't need people to be where I am, whether I'm their healer and I'm working with them. I don't need them to rush. I just appreciate really the curiosity and the openness and the, the, um, yeah, those, those things like the openness and the curiosity. And I think all of that can unfold and everybody I think is entitled to the dignity of their own process. So Mm -hmm. not everybody's going to be in the same place. And I think another part of my awakening journey is once I started to become more aware and more awake and seeing myself more clearly and seeing others more clearly, um, it's still not my job to insert myself in their life in any way. I just have to be kind of a loving witness to that and trust they're exactly where they need to be. And when they're ready to shift. Um, and I'm talking about loved ones again, because I think your initial question was about that, then I just kind of have to accept them for exactly where they are. And maybe they'll be on a similar journey at some point in their life, and maybe they will not, um, but I can still love them and know the place that they hold in my life. Um, and then the final thing that I would say about it is, um, uh, again, because I'm in my 40s, so I um, have you know, been on this process for a while that I've noticed once I emerged through that, I really started aligning more like magnet magnetizing is probably a better word, magnetizing more aligned people that were already in this place. So it wasn't this efforting and this work. um, And I mean, personal relationships, because again, I think that's what you originally asked about. It wasn't as much work because when we are aligned, we can't not attract uh, aligned people to us. And so, even though there might be a period of isolation or a, a period where you're losing people or things are falling away, have faith that it will not. You will not be alone forever in this. Right. That cling to the people that you can really have that deep, intimate um, support from. Mm -hmm. hold on to the people who are just loving you and supporting you, even if they have no idea what you're doing and be open and, and trust that, that if you align, then more aligned people will be drawn to you. Like there is always something around the corner that is beautiful and um, bright. So I hope that answers
0: your question. It does, and I. It was just so fantastic that you're talking about how, you know, just to accept people where they are. Because a lot of people, when they're going through this journey and they kind of reach a certain point, it does feel a little bit isolating. Because even I felt it a few times, and I I would talk about it in therapy, like all the time, where I would say, I feel like I'm on just like different levels of people, and it wasn't like in a in a malice way. I just the conversations that we were having just didn't align with what I wanted to, you know, be involved with anymore, which was fine. That doesn't make them bad people at all. And I think sometimes people, some kind of feel a little uppity when you're on like this spiritual journey and then you're with people that aren't where you are, it's like, you kind of have a little bit of a judgment towards it. And I started to notice that within myself and kind of think I'm better than them, or I had to fix them. Like I had to sit with them and be like, Oh, well, like, let's talk about it this way. And and kind of be people's therapists. And, you know, I'm all well and good with being a great friend and being an ear to listen to and help people through things. And then, but I started to realize that when people are ready to take their next step, that's when it is like where everything is in divine timing. So everyone's journey is in divine timing. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: you're on your own path. They're on theirs. And just like you had to accept things within yourself. I love Mm -hmm. that you said that you have to accept others where they are. And you know what, maybe one day they'll meet you there, or maybe they're just going to be in that spot. Doesn't make them bad people. Doesn't make you a bad person. And people, I always think of that people are kind of characters in a specific chapter in my life. Where mm-hmm. I think it's funny as women, we grew up watching movies that like, oh, our best friend from like elementary school is going to be like a bridesmaid, you know? So we want to cling on to certain relationships because we felt like that's how it needs to be, but it's okay if friendships, you know, dissolve over time. Like there's plenty of people I just grew apart from and there was no fight or anything. Nothing's wrong. We just grew to be different people and that's okay. Same thing with family members. Like sometimes you just grow and become different people and mm-hmm sometimes it doesn't mean they're gone forever. I like that. You said like folding them back in and kind of reuniting, you know, once you're supposed to reunite again in each other's journey. And so it does feel very isolating at times, but being patient and like following your true arrow North and being aligned with like your values, you will, like you said, you will attract people. And that's why I started doing this podcast. Cause I was feeling some types of ways. And then yeah. I created this, you know, this vessel of ha- having conversations with like-minded women, like just like we are right now talking about it. And so creating that community really helped me, you know, in my own journey and help others, you know, not feel so alone in it. And so when you're aligned with anything in your life, you're going to attract anything in your life that's with it. So that could be people that could be opportunities, Everything is once you know exactly and you're very clear on what you want and who you want to be, you'll be so surprised of the opportunities that align themselves with you. That's going to create the life that you foreseen in yourself because you know exactly what you want.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. And and I think, you know, to your point, that's just exactly what um, you know, we just have to surrender any pressure. And I think you were talking a lot about I certainly went through that phase myself, um, you know, early on of just like wanting because you want actually, I mean, it's coming from a good place. You want yeah. people to you want them to know what you know, you want them to yeah. be where you are, you want to make sure that they're coming alongside you. And it's really hard to surrender that, but I often look at that when I talk about the drama triangle, right? I mean, that's us being the rescuer, yeah, um, fixer, right? Um, and and not an embodied healer, but the wounded healer. Like that's us, like initiating into this process, having a bit of a spiritual ego about it, yeah. and then um, wanting to, you know look at all these poor people that were in my life before and oh my gosh, they need to come alongside, right? Let me educate them and save Mm -hmm. them from themselves. Right. It's, um, and so I think awakening more, we really see the fallacy in all of that. And if we still have an ego, even if it's a spiritual ego, you know, there, that's problematic and we have to really work to move beyond that. And, and really it's not a matter of anybody's better or worse. Um, I don't care where somebody is on their journey. If they, you know, initiate the process and they're curious, like, oh my gosh, I'm feel mm-hmm. so much alignment with them. Like there's so much alignment there. So anyway.
0: Yeah. And I love that. And I I learned a little bit too, is just like just leading by example. So if maybe you want people to kind of join you on your journey, as long as you're just doing you, maybe they'll see, Oh, like, I love what you're doing. Tell me about it. You know, I loved, I've seen your growth. Tell me about it. So that kind of opens up a nice conversation instead of going to, I need to fix you. You're a problem. There's something wrong with you. I know better. And that kind of creates like this weird um, balance between, but as long as you're just doing you and following your path and if people want to come along with you and, and talk about, It, that's the beauty of it. That's that's why we're doing it. But like kind of forcing it on people, that's what I think creates like this, you know, tension between it.
1: Yeah, it's a tension, right? And I think, you know, not that I'm inventing the wheel or anything, but Mm -hmm. really the best way to teach is by living in alignment from Mm -hmm. example. And people can feel when that is authentic and when it is not. And so if you're forcing it in any way, then it's, it's not as authentic. And I would really recenter my focus on myself and figure out how do I master that in myself now, if I, um, am still struggling with that. And then, you know, that becomes magnetic for, you know, anything in your life that you want to be, or if you want to inspire, like be the energy, you know, you seek.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I love that. I think that's the beautiful way to end the conversation is be the energy that you seek. And Casey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today with us. And I just loved our conversation. It was free flowing and it was just very genuine. And I think we've really brought up a lot of good points that the Growth Mindset Gang are really going to be able to have a big takeaway and implement it into their everyday lives. So where can the Growth Mindset Gang find you, follow you, all those great things? Oh
1: yeah. Well, um, Casey Stevens, um, I, uh, ha- my website is shrinkbigger, uh, dot com, and you can find me on Instagram, I think, which is where we connected on mm-hmm. um, Instagram and it's just at shrinkbigger, or probably Casey Stevens works there too. Um, and yeah, you can always go on my website and if you have any interest, I have little free things. I send out things like this when I do podcasts and I want just to kind of share, information and other people just like yourself right with my community um but there are free meditations on there if you sign up and you can kind of get a taste of if any of this work resonates um and if it does how how lovely and um if not hopefully even just listening was beneficial
0: amazing so thank you again casey for coming on today thank you for having me Allie. Growth Mindset Gang, I have an amazing offer to share with you. I have recently created a mindset coaching program. Now, if you're listening and you struggle with imposter syndrome, people pleasing, overthinking, needing external validation, low self esteem, indecisiveness, perfectionism, fear of failure, or lack of confidence, this coaching program can be aligned and serve you with this coaching program, you would sign up with me for three months to receive a one-on-one coaching via Zoom. We would meet either weekly or bi-weekly for 45 minutes to about an hour and really get clear on your mindset journey and what's the woman or who's the woman you want to become. Along with the weekly or bi-weekly Zoom calls with me. You would have a daily accountability messaging with me via Slack. So I do my daily check-ins with you and see how you're doing with your progress in between our sessions. You will also have access to the resource library that I will create where I will give you journal prompts. I will give you weekly self-reflection templates. I'll give you even book recommendations or we do a little mini book club together with a self-development book. Also, I'm going to be creating a Facebook group to also... grow a community in this mindset coaching program and if this feels aligned with you you can also receive a huge investment discount if you are the first three to sign up with the three-month coaching program If you are interested in this coaching program, you feel aligned, or you just want to talk to me and test it out and see if it it works for you, you can click the link in my show notes to fill out a Google form to share with me what you want to work on and who's the woman that you want to become. How do you want to grow your mindset and fulfill and improve your mindset journey? And I will contact you. We hop on a discovery call for an hour and we talk about what are you struggling with right now? right? Where do you want to see yourself in three months? And I create a unique program just for you. And I'm here to be your coach, your supporter, and help you in your journey. So if this sounds amazing with you, or you just want to see and test it out, fill out that form. And when you fill it out, I'll contact you right away and help create a wonderful program to create your most authentic self. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you enjoyed it so much, share it on your story and tag Casey and I. And again, Casey, thank you so much for joining us today. This was such an amazing conversation about spiritual psychology and just going in depth on a topic that we don't really hear about too much. So thank you so much for sharing your expertise. So if you guys love this episode, make sure to give Casey a follow on her Instagram, check out our website for her coaching services, share this with a friend who really needs to hear it, rate, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow me in rate me on Spotify. And remember, grow your mindset and look how far you'll go. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.
1: Part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network.